Hey, everybody. Aaron, Cardinal Catastrophe Services. I'm in beautiful Edwardsville, Illinois. Welcome to another Cardinal Cast. So we've got uh, a few people on the line. And go ahead, jump in. Tell us Howdy, you are, where you are. Yep, I'm Quentin. I'm actually in Edwardsville right now, too, because I came up here to get a truck to take down to our Texas branch via stopping in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, on the way back through. Awesome. Uh, Phil Chavez, Castle Rock, Colorado. Darren Johnson, Little Ruby, and we have a And we have a special guest. I'm sorry, I over-talked to you. Sorry about that. We have a special guest. Darren Johnson, Littleton, Colorado. Right on. Well, well, thank you for your time, for sure, Darren. We appreciate it. So Darren's the CEO of, of the company that uh, we use as our third-party negotiation negotiating uh, called Exactibid. So it'd be cool. Tell us a little bit about it, how you started, the, how you started in the industry. Uh, nothing too fancy. Just tell us a little bit about you and, you know, your company and – We've been working with you for, you know, the better part of this year, and it's been it's been awesome. I mean, we've learned a ton. We're very grateful for you and your team. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Um, well, I started in '93. Uh, it's where my um, I, when I graduated high school, and my my dad owned a company um, at that time. Uh, it called Interstate Roofing, which is one of the I'd say I think it's the top 50 roofing contractors in the nation. That was your dad? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And so um, we, uh, you know, I, I got out of interstate in about 08. But in the middle of that, I started um, doing a lot of the estimating in the in the office. I, I I sold for a lot of years and whatnot, but then I then I just went into the office and became more of the I did all, a lot of the production, estimate writing, and just handled all the BS inside of there. And um, so what I started learning a lot about is, you know, sales guys are good at, at selling and, and whatnot. And what I found was is when when we relied on them to make their own estimates and that sort of thing, it, it kind of sucked. So we I, I just started having them. At that time, it was like, bringing in film and I developed it and had to have them printed out because it was back in the day, you know? And so I started understanding how to write estimates. Um, actually 98 is the first time I started writing an Xactimate. And, um, and we I literally took 35 millimeter Walgreens photos and wrote the estimate off of that. And they had to, you know, at that time there wasn't any Eagle view yet. we, we had them hand draw estimates or diagrams, and so we I, I figured up the diagrams and that sort of thing off their scribbles. Um, and uh, you know, a lot back then, a lot of the insurance estimates were handwritten as well. You know, they weren't using Xactimate really heavily quite yet. So all I saw was a lot of handwritten, you know, facsimiles and that sort of thing. So. I got pretty good at just seeing what film or pictures that were brought in and, and understanding how to just review photos really well. And pretty soon I got kind of good at it and 
I started doing other people's estimates at the same time as I was working at, at Interstate. So we started just, you know, and then I got kind of too busy with it. And then I, I said, well, I kind of like it. So I'm just going to leave Interstate. And I, I owned a few other businesses called, one was Wonderful Roofing. Another one's Performance Construction. They're still around as, as well. Um, and uh, I... I just started doing my own thing essentially and in 2016 I sold out a performance and haven't been doing anything other than estimating appraisals and this stuff ever since and um I uh I feel, you know I think that uh I think honestly the photo stuff is still kind of the most undervalued portion of the sales cycle and so I I really I think that's where people just don't really hit the targets very often. And if we and if if you guys focus on not just getting photos but getting the right photos, everybody makes and it's easier for the the carrier to make the decisions too. So sometimes when you're like what's taking so long? Well, yeah, I'm trying to deal yeah. with your crappy photos and, and and trying to, you know, get them approved, but, you know, they'll ask you, hey, do you have one that looks like this or you look like that? Or, you know, sometimes it's not about the photos. I, I have to contact, you know, um, insurance or uh, jurisdictions that don't want to necessarily write you anything. You know, like Pikes Peak here in Colorado, they, they, they you, you ask them anything, they'll, they'll call you back and then they'll say, yeah, we're not writing anything. I'll tell you over the phone, but I'm not going to send you anything in paper. So, you know, it'd be a hell of a lot easier if they got on the same page and writing writing stuff back. And and I and I've developed uh, in our system. You don't see it on your side if you logged into our CRM, but I I have a team of people that develop websites and apps and that sort of thing for me. And I I developed inside of the CRM a thing called Knowledge Base, and I just store every last bit of information we get and so we can reutilize it over and over again i don't have to ask for certain things anymore all i have to do is type in a keyword and it pops up right away i download it and send it off so i try to make everything very systematic where it's it's quick and easy and fast for us to do what we do <clears throat> and we have to i mean we're right now we're putting out um let me just do a quick calculator here, but we put out about 60 jobs a day on estimate writing right now. Um, and that's, I mean, sometimes you think that maybe more or might be less, but the average on them is about, oh, I'd say about 40,000. Um, so every week uh, or every day we're, um, we're putting out about $2.4 million worth of work. Full scope. That's a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hey Darren, what, what's your average, your company's average increase? Um, I haven't checked that recently, but uh, the beginning of last year, it was an average of 800 bucks or eight or $8,000 to a claim. So you're making 
the roofing the, company seventy two hundred dollars more on average. Yeah, but but you gotta. That's a really subjective question, Phil, because um, you know I have companies that just do roof only. I have companies that do you know top to bottom in, interior stuff. I I've done like I I worked the the uh, Dallas or the uh, Houston freeze last January where everything froze inside. And, you know, people were getting $5,000 estimates and we're writing them up for 300,000, you know? So, so you gotta, you gotta, these are, that's a very hard and question to answer because every estimate's different and we do a lot of different things. I mean, I estimate highway bridges. I, uh, I estimate fiber cable things where guys take backhoes and, and mess up fiber optic, optic cables. I, I estimate, um, uh, you know, like, like the drive-throughs where guys, uh, rip out the drive-through cause they brought a trailer through it and, you know, mess up the, the whole, oh, I, I've done system. It. you know, I've done so, so <laughs> I, I do a lot of weird stuff too in estimating. Um, <clears throat> and we, I also work a lot of, um, and, and those are what I call subrogation claims. And, and you know, like the um, let's say the the auto place uh, has to uh, they 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 get sued by the actual insurance company of the McDonald's, and I work the subrogation between the McDonald's and the auto insurance because the auto insurance is going to have to pay back the insurance of the McDonald's. So th I do a lot of that kind of stuff too, litigation work. Um, so. Um, it's all, it's all, uh, basically estimating is all kind of basically the same though. So, and I didn't really, was never scared of estimating something I don't know anything about. Like I, I don't, I still don't really know anything about highway bridges other than how to estimate them. <laughs> so it's just, it's kind of weird, but, um, no, um, but what I was going to say earlier when we first got on, um, you know, because you guys are so diverse in the areas that you work, you know, you got some that are, you know, hail related and some that lots of um, areas that are stronger on the wind stuff, you know, like your Carolinas, um, you, you have to be real smart about how the training is done. And it's not all the same way for every area. Cause I mean, I, I, we were in 13 States at one time. And and I knew I couldn't train the guys that were working wind the same way that are working hail. And what I mean by that is the pictures that I get, you know, the, the key is into how to get them to buy wind. And wind is the hardest thing to get bought if unless you don't – if you know what you're doing, it can be one of the easiest things to get bought. And I think if you guys did more things of, like, measuring the size of the shingles and you know um you, I, one of the guys has been on, on your team actually puts the shingle that the itel says it is next to it and shows that it's drastically different that's a great thing to do you know so but but i'm sure not everybody on the team knows that um and um those those measurements of those shingles are like gold and and a lot of times they just get pictures of missing shingles. So, you know, that that's the, those are the kind of things that can separate a full roof replacement 
um, and and quick quick time of dealing with it compared to deal, working with it over the phone for three or four months and getting nowhere. You know, right? So, you know, so it's all about how how your um, your team internally is is trained and and um, as far as what they're actually working on. And like right now, um, you know, even in the Denver area, I'd be training on wind because you're not going to get another hailstorm this year. Um, but in January, February, that's when all the windstorms kick up here. Actually, there was a windstorm in Windsor, Colorado yesterday that blew off a bunch of shingles everywhere. And so, um, you know, so so therefore now that's a huge, that's a good market to go um, to go work for the winter. Um, yeah, I just wrote that down. So, um, and, and so, I'd say you're absolutely right. One thing, you know, we do know the wind market pretty well, and we've we've actually experienced some pretty decent growth of adding a lot of staff, and then we've just. Uh, uh, added the Storm Venture Group for their training. So our internal goals are to really improve on our training. And, you know, these podcasts are one of the vehicles that we are going to be using to train. So this is very good information. I was going to ask you, besides all of our shitty pictures, that we'll definitely work on improving through company cam. And I know you have a punch list that I think everybody has their hands on. What else can we tell our sales team? Because you have to imagine this this Cardinal cast is going to be listening to listened to by future, you know, project managers for us. Sure. So, okay. So here's the, what couple, would you, here's, here's the, I'll do the, if I can think of the top five or 10, I'll do the top that come to my head that are always missing from every company. Okay. They, they don't peel back the shingles to show the nail in, in the step flashing. Because if you show that it was nailed down, then I can explain that it's going to get damaged during tear-off. Otherwise, they want you to try to reuse them or something. But but holes inside of step flashing, in my opinion, is is damaged. So, um, and and if you have step, I mean, it's like eight nine dollars a foot. If you get some houses have a hundred feet on them, it's a thousand, basically a thousand bucks after tax. Why wouldn't you want to take a get that approved? Um, the other thing is on the back end on step flashing. If they don't approve it up front, they say, "Yeah, we'll we'll approve it if you re, if you show that it was damaged during the tear off." Well, then I don't get the pictures at the end of the job, you know, for the drip edge or the step flashing. Therefore, you they agreed to it, but they're they're rolling the dice, saying, you know, seventy five eighty percent of the contractors are going to forget the photos we're not going to have to pay for it. And they're right. That happens. Um, and then um, another, the, the key also is, is to not um, rely on codes as your means of getting things paid for. So peel back where the valley is and try to get a picture of the valley liner. If you can show that the valley liner is in there, why do you have to rely on code documents and all sorts of other things? And plus, you know, you can run into a few houses that don't have code coverage and you don't have that photo and, and it, and it's not paid for. 
So um, those are the simple things like that are key to, you know, e easy money, essentially. Um, what else can we talk about? Um, sometimes they, um, any access issues, those are good pictures to get. Um, you know, back porch, hey, the back porch doesn't have any way you can walk around. There's three squares back there. You have to walk them all, drop it all the way to the ground. I'll walk them to the front. Easy money. Um, when you when you say access, would that include like telephone electrical lines? Because I, I just recently heard that they have yeah. to be in Denver, eight feet above the structure at minimum. Yes, they can. What, they what can. happens? What happens in that scenario? Because I was just on a roof. It was a real estate transaction, and the building inspector uh, brought that up, and I had never heard that. Well, um, again, it depends on the house, uh, but yeah, a lot of times they'll they'll drop down too low, and when it's like that, um, a lot of times they they just add extra hours to work around it. Um, I think if you're trying to get them to pay for raising it you might have to go a different route than supplementation. Um, su supplementation has turned into a way harder market than it was when I first started getting into it. It was a dream job when I was first in it. It's actually pretty hard at this point. Um, we don't have near near the successes as we had, you know, four years ago even. And it, it was like you just call up and get a lot of stuff approved and nowadays it's like they want to fight 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 and and whatever we get approved at the moment is always a fight it seems like um <clears throat> but that natalie seems to smooth talk him pretty well she said she got a new boy like she'll call me up and she'll tell me that hey i got a new boyfriend today he gave me everything i wanted so, <laughs> so that's Fine. how she works it you know so um sometimes it's it, it's about building a relationship I mean, a lot of times it is building a relationship with that person because they know they're going to have to deal with you again. And she's not snotty about anything. She's just real pushy. Um, yeah, but she's got a really good personality, too, though. I mean, she's comforting. Oh, spoken yeah. spoken to her a few does, times. But yeah. still, man, I mean, it, these guys do not want to pay. It sucks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's We just, feel it. Uh, yep, I'm sure you do. Um, and it, and it's, a, it's a squeeze when you have a – larger organization like yourselves when you don't get the O&Ps paid for and that sort of thing and it, it really does hurt that um, net at the end of the year where it's like man that's a it's a huge loss because you really do need it for operational uh, use we, we, we need that Darren you know what it really means for most of us myself and Phil included it really means that we've got to finance our neck tattoos this year. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm getting yeah. felonious. Well, so those are... Don't those ask are, for a loan for me then, Autumn. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Say, I wanted to, if I can, I wanted to transition. I've got one more question, and I'll, I'll kick it over to Phil and, and to Quentin, and hopefully uh, this isn't too dry. So since we're, my question is, and I know we talked about this before, so I, hopefully I'm not paraphrasing incorrectly, but we're experiencing, you know, some supply chain spikes as we've never seen 
in the 12 years that, that we've been a company and we're also experiencing this hyperinflation and some craziness. So the way we've been combating this is doing basically bid iteming out more things. And I know we spoke a month or longer ago about doing bid items for roofing where we were going to get prices for, you know, the shingles, get invoices for the shingles and get invoices from our roofers and get cautioned that that probably wasn't a good idea. And then you had mentioned that it, kind of had a parallel to 2005 and Katrina with with some of the supply chain crisis. Can you speak to that a little bit more so I'm not incorrectly saying what I took from you? No, I was pretty much spot on. Um, yeah, when we, worked, when we worked in 2005, we, we especially noticed it mostly in, in wood products, the spike there, you know, for the board ups and all that kind of stuff, rebuilding. I mean, it was a huge jump. We didn't necessarily have the supply product problems that is um, government created out in the uh, ports. We didn't have that problem in Katrina. We had we had a supply we had a supply and demand uh, issue mostly on wood because it was overwhelming how devastating Katrina was. And actually, this time it was pretty bad too. But regardless, that that was the big a major problem and how we really dealt with it. They they kept up with the labor, I guess. Okay. To a point during that time, we didn't have the labor shortages. Um, they did on, the, uh, on, on, uh, adjusters at that time, but not necessarily, um, laborers. We didn't have the huge issues there, but what, what I could say is they, um, we, we didn't have, uh, basically with it, like the plywood prices and stuff, we just got the receipts and I just changed the price and exactimate to reflect what it costs. And then you had the L and P on top of it. And at least you got at least what you, you paid for it plus some. Um, and whereas nowadays, if you did that, they're going to fight you on the O and P. Um, compared to back then, but you don't lose. But if you're smart about it, depending on when you price it, like for instance, this go around, if I had any, if I had any uh, redex done in um, September, I didn't um, change any. I I just made the price list August and say the roof was done in August, because the wood price list in August was about thirty percent more. But it's also about keeping up and, and knowing what's sure. going up and down and exactimate and, and uh, reverting your price list to where you can make money. Because the guys that I did that for in August, holy cow, they made a lot of money. They, they, they killed it. So um, I would say, though, I hate the idea of bid items in, in uh, especially in in this business when you have to deal with the insurance companies because they're not going to know what to do with it. It's going to slow down the, the supplements very heavily. Um, most people don't know how to write bid items in the first place. And I can only imagine, you know, I know that's what, uh, what's his name, the SVG guy um, says to do. I say that's because he has a program to do it to do that exact thing that he wants you to buy. I I don't think it's 
I don't think I don't, I don't think it's reasonable to 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 do that. And the Xactimate numbers are fine, guys. I I made money off Xactimate numbers. If you get what you want in Xactimate paid for. Now, if you don't get all the if you get OP. If you don't get them paid for, yeah, then they kind of can be a little bit tight, you know. But if you, because you're not paying extra labor for ice and water shields, you're not paying. I mean, you may, but I never did. Uh, I never paid extra money for step flashing. I never paid extra money for a bunch of the shit that's an exacto meat. And, and you're just ma- making that money um, just paying the materials. So um, I never felt like Xactivate was something I'm roofing anyway that I needed to freaking play with. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Now, when you're dealing with um, siding, for instance, I deal with that all the time. I've gotten guys giving me uh, bids on their materials and their labor separately. I just did one yesterday. I I figured out what the material was in Xactimate. It was 20% more than his that he gave me. I put his bid in, item in there that he had a little bit marked up in there for the labor, and I sent it in, and that's what we're going to argue. Hey, we're having a labor. There's, labor's not covering it through Xactimate. Uh, we're fine on materials, you know, pay it. Uh, that kind of attitude. You know, so it depends. I, I, I don't always just do flat, flat, bid items with just material and labor on it either. So certain things you're going to have to do that on. Um, you can you can do it on Windows, for instance. You can get bid items, and then they say, well, we don't think we think it's high and everything. And then you can come back and say, hold on, let me see if I can fiddle around with Xactimate to see if it comes out to about this price. If it does, are you, are you going to be okay with it? And they're like, well, we'll look at it. So We'll get the window bid. I'll mess around with some Xactimate numbers. I'll throw it back at them and say, look, the numbers match what the um, what Xactimate says. You know, I think they're I think their bid's pretty reasonable. But you have 25 freaking things that make up your window bid. You know, um, the other speaking of windows, <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't I haven't noticed if you guys do a whole lot of those. But I don't know if you guys realize what's the what's the difference between a window, a high gray window, and a and a and a um, uh, what is it? Pre- premium window. Do you know what the differences are between all three? Uh, I personally don't, but I work with uh, Joe at Altitude. I, I don't know if you've come across him. It's a pretty new company. He was over with. Uh, uh, Sure. What the heck was it? I can't remember the name of the company. Sure, but um, you still have to uh, deal with trying to get his bids approved, right? So what I've been doing, and you'll start to see this. I just set one over where I've got I've got uh, our pictures, our contract, a little bit of write up, uh, and then uh, I've got his window estimate in there, and that, that's how I typically handle this. Um, I don't think they're sure. going to see as many. Uh, it, it's it, in wind markets. You're obviously not going to see the window damage that you see in a hail market. So, but I don't know shit about windows. You absolutely should. Like, if it, if it hits the, the Carolinas in a hurricane, 
you should get all the house, all the windows in the entire house paid for, even if they look good. Absolutely, no problem. I mean, you, I, I, I just did an appraisal last week. They got the entire house windows paid for, and you couldn't tell one of them was messed up because you you start working on um, the pre you you find out what the pressure was in the system, and if the window um, that's in that house um, is only rated to a certain pressure, then it destroyed that window for future use. So wind that's is a big sexy. deal. Wind's a big Love deal it. with with uh, windows, and you can really get a lot of money in windows for. Hey, so I think I missed this uh, part of that. What was the threshold for like the wind in the area for all the windows on the home to be paid for? How does that work again? It's 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 based on. The, the the pressure that the wind window can handle, you know, like um, negative pressure versus positive pressure and all that kind of stuff. And depending on the windstorm, they may have positive or negative pressure against them. And if it doesn't hit, yeah. if it goes over that threshold, then then that window is probably compromised. How How do we find out? The negative and positive pressure is that something else we can find on uh, NOAA.gov, like their weather data inventory, or is that on Hell Trace or Hell Recon? Or yeah, there's there's a few little sites. Uh, I think it's Mike's Weather has a, probably the best weather information all mm -hmm. around. Okay, Mike's weather. weather. I think it's Mike's Weather. What's his name? It's not the My Pillow guy. He doesn't own a weather channel. Uh, Mike's Weather. That's cool. Mike's weather page, yeah. So, Darren, you give some of the best answers I've heard in this business. I mean, you're super knowledgeable. I'm grateful we're spending some time with you. Quentin, you've got a shitload of experience with the with the wholesale and retail and some of the bid item things. I'm curious to hear what you have to say in terms of how you've had success with some of your bid items. Because I knew we were going to take a swing at doing some roofing. But, I mean, you are our exact mate with when we do them in-house. So I'm curious to hear language about what what you think. You might be on mute. I'm sorry, were you talking to me? I just uh, was checking into this hotel. Yeah, I was asking you, uh, since we were going through wholesale and retail and you've had a lot of success with, yeah. uh, you know, different styles of how we've gotten different things paid for. Mm -hmm. So Darren just Darren just gave us a super excellent way of describing his take on it, and I just wanted to hear what hear your your version of what you've done in the past and what works for wholesale and retail bids. Yeah, trying to so keep up with the usually, prices and chasing money and all that stuff. If you talk to an adjuster, they understand a lot of times that specifically, like doors, uh, windows, garage doors, things like that are low on Xactimate, so they're typically pretty okay with accepting bids for those things uh, from contractors or subcontractors. Uh, the thing is, is uh, if you get pushback from somebody because they're saying a bid's too high, the main thing is, is to talk to whoever else you're going to get for the another, next couple bids and make sure that the, they bid around the same price. You know, if they're, well, that's $5,000 too high, but everybody's within $1,000 of that first quote, 
they have to pay for one of them. You know, these are the real world prices we have to deal with. So this is what you got to pay for. And then ultimately they'll relent. Um, on that, I've never had too much pushback if I get bids right. like that. <clears throat> um, go ahead. Right. And, and the other side of things is if you have a little bit of a buddy system goes on, I, I feel like if you're, if you're doing two or three bids, <clears throat> it, it's hard to maintain three guys give, getting bids from and you only giving them one to, to one person. Eventually, they, yeah. eventually they don't want to work with you. Oh no, I know that's for sure. So there's there's ways around that. Um, sure, I've definitely talked to somebody and said, "Hey, I need you to write me a bid. I'm not going to use you. Here's a hundred bucks for the bid. Thank you." <laughs> you know, kind of deal. Yeah, um, for sure. So that's that's one option. Uh, hold on. Sorry, I'm trying to back this trailer in here. Um, but yeah, so that's one option. And then uh, as far as the wholesale retail, that's a good way to go. I don't like you were saying, Darren, I don't think there's really a need to do the wholesale retail on the roof uh, and roof alone stuff unless, you know, I, I've definitely, I remember we used Solomon one time to do something and um, uh, some kind of framing, I think, and they had put overhead and profit. They use Xactimate too, and they had put overhead and profit on their stuff, and they're like, listen, we're not paying overhead and profit twice. You can't hire a company and charge over that charges overhead and profit and us pay you overhead and profit. And it's like, this is the charge that they're charging me. You know, they write overhead and profit in their bids. That's not my business. How they write their bids. I, you got to cover it, don't you? And, um, so I've had hit or miss with that. I've definitely been told to piss up rope. Uh, you know, they're not paying anything for, uh, overhead and profit twice. And I've, I've definitely had them accept it too. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all the, uh, adjuster and, uh, how you get yeah. a shake on uh, stuff like that for sure. I've I've I, also had adjusters that were probably new and and just starting out, but um, you know you have a roof only job or maybe a roof and a little run of gutters and they're like, you know we saw your overhead and profit request on there and you got traits so that's enough and we're gonna give it to you. <laughs> so, um, wow, that's always a, a good gimme. So it never hurts to always ask for that, right? How much of how much of of, of uh, success that you guys have uh, in success in, in doing exactly it has to do with personal relationships or rapport building, personality, or is it is it more of a science versus an art? I think it's art. I think because uh, finding the right line items on Xactimate and then. Um, you know, figuring out the ways to explain why those line items should be paid for because the insurance is going to push back. Well, sorry, drop yeah. what about Did you oh, fall? <laughs> so insurance is going to push back 12 ways to Sunday on a lot of that stuff. So, um, uh, the biggest thing is to not really take no for an answer whenever. They explain another way it can be done or whatever. I'm just always like, well, you know, I'm going to disagree with you, and here's why. And just try to snowball them with information. You know, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out recently up in um, – Damage versus loss. I was going to get into that next. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah. So, so in, in North Carolina, though, I just found out we – I was putting a supplement together. Uh, in North Carolina, they do not require drip edge on the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, – yeah, they don't 
um, as, as far as codes goes. But uh, what they do require is that they follow manufacturer's installation instructions. Well, if you look at GAF, uh, their three-tab shingle manufacturer installation instruction says they have to use drip edge. So uh, I found that out not way too long ago and have been getting those paid for based on that one-click code thing because it writes that report and makes it real easy. So that's a, a help. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about, Aaron, the uh, the loss. And, and Darren, you're probably way more familiar with uh, this stuff than I am, but I was helping a gentleman with a claim uh, that's a friend, a, a business friend of ours up in uh, Wisconsin. And I looked up some of the uh, laws in Wisconsin, and they don't have matching laws, but they have uh, in the last, I think it's 2015, a court case that went through where um, the company argued that the insurance policy stated that they have direct damage, they cover direct damages and loss. And uh, the court decided that because those are two separate words, they mean two separate things. And um, direct damages, obviously, the damages, but the loss could be a aesthetic loss, like matching, or it could be a loss of a warranty or something like that. So technically, it is supposed to be paid um, in the court size in Minnesota. Or, I'm sorry, in uh, Wisconsin. The land of cheese. Yeah. Have you mm -hmm. ever done any of the of the uh, difference between the loss and the uh, damages? I'm sure you have. Yeah, but I, but I always, I mean, it sounds like that's more of the, what you're talking about, quote, matching, you know, like it doesn't look yeah. correct. I never use the word match ever. I think, I think if okay. you guys start, um, if you start changing your semantics to use uniform appearance, it match, matching to me, means something totally different than it probably does to a lot of people. Matching means to me that it doesn't fit in size. It doesn't fit in, you know, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't have a, um, maybe a different profile or something like that. Um, you know, co color is a uniformity issue and um, that, that would prevent it from being um, that would that would bring a totally different loss to the um, to the claim I would think because um, you know you didn't have a patchwork quilt like Steve Patrick likes to say when you started um, the job um, you should definitely have a full um, you know uniform appearance over the course of the entire roof or siding or whatever, um, you know, throughout throughout the your building because it it does create a loss to you. Um, it is not. Yeah, I like, the, I like the term uniform appearance. That's good. Better than matching. I'll I'll start using that. Yeah. Yeah. That's gold. I think it I think it makes it resonates so much different than matching because if you if you know the the thing you guys have to realize is the insurance company always wants you to go down a rabbit hole with them. So they'll, when they say something to them, they're wanting you to go down that rabbit hole and ruin your argument. So I never, I never go down the rabbit hole. I always say something totally idiotic that they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> you know, they just, you know, just like 
what what are you talking about? And 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 yeah. so I I always see them talk about well they don't have a matching endorsement. Well, I didn't talk to I didn't say anything about matching. I said that house isn't uniform in appearance. You know, and so that's that's exactly how you just deal with them is you're very matter of fact and you're and you don't yeah. let them um, bully you around with their mind games of saying words like that to make you go down that hole and and then you ruin your argument because if they don't have a matching endorsement on their policy they're never going to give you that um you know like yeah. here's a for instance too like they have decking and it's rotten and they they say well their policy doesn't allow for um uh, anything that's rotten to be paid for, we we only pay for direct physical damage, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, they didn't call in for a, a, a rock claim. They called in for a hail claim. The covered peril is hail. Who cares if it's – I can't do the roof without it. So nobody cares, nobody cares that they don't pay for rot. If I called up and said, hey, my house is rotting and falling apart – yeah, deny it. We didn't call for that. You know, um, so they they owe for they owe for what they owe, and they they always try to claim things that the policy states, and the, and, and the policy actually does state that, but they're um, misinterpreting what the policy actually says. The policy doesn't say that they can't pay for delaminated decking the policy says that they won't pay for it on a covered peril if it's rot okay so that's the kind of stuff that you have to fight the fight on and it's really hard to get through to them especially when they're new if you get an old dog they kind of understand but you know they, they all have their marking papers not to pay for stuff so i mean it all comes down to that and some guys just don't want to pay for anything because they're too lazy to get the exactimate out to update their thing and admit that they're they're wrong. So, you know, the root word of your so for, title is adjuster. You need to adjust your freaking estimate. <laughs> so, <yeah>. you know, <laughs> I like that. So for the future new project manager for one of our cat serve teams and just – kind of new guide layman terms. When a claim is partial or denied, Darren, we want to go to a readjust, we want to go to an engineer, we want to go to arbitration, whatever. Could you speak language in, in how you see the best case scenario when we're teaching a new guy or girl what the next step is for what we call a short rate or an underpaid claim or a partial? Well, is there ever? Are you saying like when you get when you get to the reinspect, what you do at the reinspect? First adjuster appointment comes. We get the the summary for dwelling back. We get the insurance scope paperwork back, and it's half a roof. Okay. What do you tell the new guy, the new girl? It, tell the it, customer it, the next steps are. This this is all dependent on where you're at. Okay. Because, like Tennessee, awesome. You. You say, well, here's a picture of what what the new shingle looks like. It doesn't match. Pay for the whole thing. You know, you got you got Colorado and North Carolina and all those other states that are not matching states. 
you got to think maybe a little Illinois. bit differently. You know, Illinois, you got to feel like a little bit differently on that, right? And so those those same things, you get the uniform appearance look, but you also, um, you try to get them out on the second deal and, you know, put a, put a uh, um, tool in their hand and say, you try to get that apart without mat transfer right now. You tell me you, you can you can do a repair on this this roof. You know, most of the time they can't do a repair, right? So so, so does the I'm homeowner gonna, call the agent for a readjust? Does nah, the, that never does really the, works? That. Does our sales guy do the readjust? You know, how do they initiate the readjust? Do you ever recommend skipping a readjust? No, I don't ever. Right to, I don't ever you want know. you to skip one, but I also don't want. I don't ever think you can get a readjust by just calling them up and I need you to come back out. That never works. So you gotta. You always have to write your estimate, and and have some sort of um, information in there that would spur them to come back out. Because they're look, guys, they're shorthanded. USDA just changed how they're doing things right now. They they got rid of their desk adjusting um, uh, department pretty much, and now is pushing everything back to the adjusters in the field, okay? Because they don't have enough people. So guess what? When you're wanting to readjust, it better be freaking good enough for them to come back out because they're going to give you every reason why they're not coming back out because they don't have enough people. So you better give them some reasons to come back out. Is all I'm saying. And you, you have. Do you ever work with their insurance agent? Like have the homeowner go in and raise hell to their insurance agent to go up the ladder on claims to get another adjuster out? Maybe helps. We've had a lot of success with that. That's why I asked that. It, it helps time to time, but man, I I haven't seen that very very good. It's always about giving them a reason to go. Oh. Yeah, maybe I should come back out and look at that because that doesn't look like you can do it. Um, I mean, I make videos of, and a lot of times they won't open videos for whatever reason, but I make videos. I'll I'll show mat transfer on my photos. I actually did um, one last week for a contractor here in Denver. I went out with him and told him, let's go do the repair. I'll show you how to do it. Pulled the shingle out. And right on the shingle, it said landmark IR. I said, slide that son of a bitch back in after I take some pictures. And I took it back, sent him the letter that says landmark IRs discontinued, and um, showed them that there was even mat transfer on there. And they're like, sold, bought it right, right off of that. Okay, so a lot of them, too, you could say, hey, look, Mr. Adjuster, you don't agree with me that this thing is available. I don't think it's available. Would you allow me to do a ITEL report on it? They say yes. You get the ITEL report back. ITEL says, oh, it's available. Oh, okay, great. I'll go buy the, the bundle of shingles or the sample board, lay it on the roof, show that it doesn't match or it's not uniform in appearance, and then send that to them. It's any information like that to get them back out there. We we just had an appraisal with you guys, um, Jones. Um, it was half a roof. One half didn't have any damage on it. The other half did. I got it approved with – I didn't even go to the job site. I did it over the phone. 
but I got it. You guys only sent me four photos. No, excuse me, seven photos. And I got it bought off of that in appraisal. Um, oh, so that one did finally get bought? Huh? That one did finally get bought? Yeah. Um, you can't tell you can't tell the customer yet because he hasn't signed the award because I'm fighting for OMP still on it. You know. So Darren, if you want to laugh, hmm. if you want to laugh, and for anybody listening in house, you know, for 12 years as a uh, uh, North Minnesota hick, this is how we've done a lot of our partials and, and denials and readjusts. Is we will. Educate our homeowners. We'll tell the homeowner, you've got the power, we don't. So we'll give them a ton of pictures, a lot of data. Maybe we'll write a, you know, an exactimate and say, this is your damage. This is what it costs. This is what your insurance company is supposed to pay for. So if you have a relationship with your local insurance agent, I want you to take this in. Get pissed because you're getting screwed. Take this into your agent. Show them all the information. Get your insurance agent working for you. Get your insurance agent to demand a readjust and also demand a new adjuster. And tell your insurance agent that if the same adjuster comes back that was on the first claim, you're calling the fucking cops for trespassing. <laughs> and believe it or not, that works like crazy when you get the homeowners fighting for you. Oh, yeah. That, I'm sure it does. In my experience, anyway. And well, and, 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 you know, it's but, not a piece of shit. And it's but, uh, looking out for the client. Quit, we can't hear you. Um, we've definitely had them. Oh, probably where I dropped my phone. <laughs> uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's rough. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah, my phone got wet whenever I dropped it. Oh, bummer. Hey, I, 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 this is hard for me, guys. I was just saying that if the oh, there it goes. Agents are care of their customers, a lot of times they will go to bat for them. Now, most agents aren't, and they're going to take this out of the insurance no matter what they say. But I've definitely seen it happen where the agent paid for it they were pushing too. Hey, Quentin, shake your phone. Yeah, get the agents working for you. So. This is hard for me to, and Darren, I, we appreciate your time. And I, I got, I got a couple of questions for you and, and, and such. And again, it's hard for me to be quiet, but this is way more of a technical conversation than, than I'm accustomed to. All of you guys are, are especially in that residential space. And you guys know so much more than, than, than I do. Uh, there's a couple of things that I want to say uh, as it relates for the future people that that listen to this and, and how this partnership works with Darren Um I first want to say, Darren, I absolutely respect what you do on a professional level. I think it's absolutely awesome. And for me personally, especially in that residential space, and I've recently have, have, have had uh, a lot of really positive interaction with Eric on the commercial side, uh, what you guys do for me personally is, is tremendous because I get to now focused on the next thing. And I don't, I don't have to make those follow-up calls and I don't have to necessarily I, I know i need to do a much better job on my pictures but i don't need to know all that stuff now because that's what you guys what, where your specialty at is and i really really appreciate that no you're welcome thank you i also want to add something yeah, you're... else what's that the what I, no i also want to add something so else, I was... Darren. I, I i think you're i think you're a really good person uh i've gotten to hear 
through conversation with you, some of the some of the, the things you've gone through in life. I know we've made a couple of efforts to get out to get out socially. Uh, I just want to say, like your story uh, and, and now learning about interstate, I had no idea about that. That's kind of a kind of a big thing, you know, coming from an organization like that. And, uh, your humility, it, you know, it, it's it's it, you're a good dude too. It's not just good work that you do. And I, I did want to say that uh, and, and get that out as quickly as as possible here. Oh man, appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, well, we've actually loved working with you guys too. I mean, not every contractor is built it with guys like you guys. You know, um, as you know and you're well aware, uh, this business is full of dirty rotten scoundrels and um you know, roofers are scumbags you've lots of lots of scumbags and you know i i uh eh, i probably get i get whacked by a couple guys uh you know as far as not paying me you know pretty much every month there's some new guy that comes in there gets a bunch of work and then Paul's ass and never leaves. It never pays. You know, and it's like, okay, if that's really what you wanted to do, fine. You know, um, but the the people that we see coming in day in and day out and working with us, those are the people we we will work harder for because we know that one, the check's always going to be there, and two, they're a good partner, and three, that we feel like we're helping you and you're helping us. So, I mean, partnerships are important in this business. And that's kind of why I mentioned earlier with, you know, getting your bids and stuff like that. These, you know, you, you ruin enough uh, relationships that it comes back and haunts you because you run out of people to screw, you know. And um, that's why it's good to work with good people like you guys. You know? Yeah, a- absolutely. And we, we, we agree with that. Do you remember how we met, Darren? I think um was it through Dave um what Kohler now? Dave Kohler. Now no. So actually I went to an event for Skydivers and uh London from Daily and Black was speaking there. And uh I had started speaking I had a a deal that was that was appropriate for London and uh, uh I had asked who he uses because I knew he didn't know about roofing. Uh, which he probably knows way more than I think. Uh, he uh, he gave me your number and said, "Hey, you should call this guy. He's he's sharp." And, and that's actually how uh, that was my first phone okay. call. Day. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we're, we we've been on the phone for a, a, a little while. We're over time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I just uh, Darren again. Th- thank you, Darren. So I can't time. begin to thank you enough. Sure, man. That, that's what we're here for. Quit and you're still there. You really, uh, your organization has really curtailed our style of selling. And uh, I'm very grateful for what, what you guys offer and continue to give us feedback. And we will do our damnedest to make sure everybody within our team is giving better pictures for sure and, you know, following anything 